Hello and welcome to 361 Degrees Season 3, Episode 2. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. Rafe Blanford is having conniptions next to me. Yes, I'm Rafe Blanford from All About Sydney. I'm Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review, and I want to know what is he having? Who is having a, a conniption? What's that? I, I, is that I, some it, Irish it, it, I know it's a word my wife uses. I, he was gesticulating and, uh, and flailing wildly. I, I was just so excited to be recording another episode of 361. I really missed this. Are you joking? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he, he doesn't really get to leave the house much, apart from opportunities to meet us. <laughs> it's just a pleasure to spend time with such knowledgeable gentlemen. Thank you. Right now he's meeting them next. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, um, we are going to talk about the cloud this week. Not the cloud as in the substandard Wi-Fi network in London, <laughs> but the cloud as in well, mobile, yes. mobile cloud. What, the ones so, that float through the air? That's the ones, yes. <laughs> we really should rehearse these jokes better, shouldn't we? Um Mobile cloud services, they are all the rage. Everyone's got one, got them at the moment. Uh, and I'm, for, for clarity, I'm talking about things like uh, hosted email. So we've got Google Apps, we've Dropbox, uh, Live Drive, iCloud. Come on, throw some Spotify, names Spotify. Spotify. Box. Even, Sync. I, even I think things like Facebook and YouTube should be considered cloud yes. services as well. Yeah. Any so, apps as a service. Yep, music, Spotify. You say Spotify. Yeah. Rafe Blanford says Keep Spotify. up, Ewan. Okay, so... Um, Five seconds behind. First of all... Facebook. <laughs> I, I think that whilst they're growing in huge popularity and everybody has to have one, what we're lacking at the moment is a way to choose the best ones. I don't really care about features or any of the other stuff. I think it's just very difficult to know what's best. And for me, one of the main what one of the main considerations is uh, quality, quality of, of service. I mean, right. you and you talk about you know an experience all the time. You talk about quality of service, yeah, quite the pursuit a lot. of quality, the pursuit service quality. level. Oh, it's, it's, well, you don't mention that when you say hello. I'm you, McLeod from Mobilist Review. You don't then bang on about pursuit of quality. Are you still writing that? I am still writing it, and thank you for bringing it up. Uh, pl- please, go, unprompted. Thank unpro- you. Unprompted. Yeah. Go there. Read read those words. You yeah, and, it's just because I think you know. I think it's rude that Rafe. Mentions two sites. I thought, you know, I, I need to stop, you know, mentioning two sites. Oh, you know what they say about you know what they say about short men and listing their sites, don't they? So, <laughs> anyways, so um, I, I mean, I think the temptation is to get sidetracked by security, and we should talk about security in a minute. But for me, the worry is, how do I know which one's good? Which one should I buy, or which one should I trust my data with? So, how well, do you? Well, how do you go? What do you guys use, and how, what do you choose, and how do you choose? Okay, well, I, I use uh, Dropbox as my primary. Uh, Evernote, and then Google Apps. I think all, all of the above as well. You know, Spotify. But I think the the key for me is Dropbox. That's where I I, I store everything. I've got a hundred gig account. Um, but I was not very impressed at all when they had that bug or that issue a little while ago, last sometime last year, and all Dropbox accounts were rendered open if you happen to log in. So if you like, there's something that happened a while ago. Do you remember? And um, all of the companies I work with now, the big footsies, uh, they do not touch Dropbox at all because of that. And I think they 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 did themselves a massive disservice by um, by enabling that bug or not checking properly. That was a, so a real problem. That for that brief moment, my information could have been uh, uh, discovered. And that that's that's you know, I've ignored it. 
you to, know? to be fair, I think many of the big companies that I work with had already banned Dropbox and then just saw that issue as validation as the reason why because yeah. they said we don't. That's a great example. We don't. It? We don't know these guys. We don't trust them. Yeah. You know, they 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 haven't been. They they haven't sort of got a, 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 an agreement with us. We haven't got any kind of contractual thing about the security of our data. Etc. 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 And I suppose the other worry for companies is that normally when you use Dropbox, it's not just to copy data into the cloud; it's to copy it to, and to, it's then to access it from other devices. Yes. Often devices that the company doesn't own, so that's why they get exactly. very sniffy. And then, then previously the data um, on Dropbox, I think I'm right in saying, is it wasn't uh, secured or encrypted at rest. So the, the information on the Dropbox servers was, you know, if you, if you could get into it. Um, you could read it, but the same on your you know, on your desktop. They have, I should point out, they have made massive, massive improvements. But that, yeah, that does bug me. But they haven't done anything about it. I'm still a massive Dropbox customer. And if you say cloud data, I don't think Gmail, or Google Mail, or anything, I think Dropbox. So, how do? Why do you still choose to use Dropbox, given the concerns you have? I wonder if I think it's probably uh, lethargy or lethargy, or however you want to say it. Um, inertia. Inertia. Yeah. I mean, because I also do have a box account. Um, that, that's box.net. Box. Dot, well, box.net, they're now box. Are they? Yeah, annoyingly. Oh, um, so they've re- rebranded to box.com or box. Uh, but I just haven't moved stuff over. I think probably because I still feel like Dropbox has a lot of um, uh, connections, a lot of APIs, a lot of, you know, a lot of apps that use Dropbox or will save back to Dropbox. Is it, Dropbox is the first one, isn't it? It's got the zeitgeist. That's the one that the developers will enable. So you can you know you access your documents from other third party apps via Dropbox, so that I think that's why I'm still on it. And the, but the more I think about it, the more I think maybe I should be securing my stuff a little bit better. Rafe Blanford, what do you use? Well, I personally use many of the same services that that Ewan does. Uh, I sort of add uh, SkyDrive into that mix as well as Google Drive. Um, you started using it. Yeah, I've started using it. I was using it a bit beforehand. Actually, with the advent recently, both uh, Google and Microsoft introduced desktop components to their cloud storage, which was for me a missing piece and made it practical to use it as a kind of complete circle. And they also have the uh, web apps for the Word, Excel, PowerPoint, etc. And they seem to work pretty well. And that's what I tend to think of when I think of cloud. But I've been using Gmail for a long time, and that's a cloud service. Mm. And there are various others out there, you know. And yes, I've got a Dropbox account, which I've used to work collaboratively with people. Also, SugarSync. Uh, it was interesting listening to what, what you said. I don't think we need to differentiate between enterprise usage and personal or consumer usage because they're kind of different uh, properties behind mm. each of those as to when you're making a decision. Because I think what's interesting is uh, enterprises have made a choice to go to cloud for largely economic reasons Whereas consumers, they've kind of fallen into it accidentally. You know, they wanted the best email, so they chose Gmail. And Spotify was about, you know, being able to get access to music. It wasn't, I want it to go into the cloud because that's more convenient. But how, can anyone ask, how do you use the cloud? See, my policy with Dropbox is everything goes in Dropbox. And if you give me a new Mac, you know, if I, if I, if I don't store anything on the, it's all in the Dropbox, but nothing on my documents or anything. I store everything that's valuable that I care about. It goes on the Dropbox. So I don't really care what device I'm using now. I mean, or what, right. what machine. Um, and also, I love the fact that I can get, get to the information from anywhere, from any browser or from any, um, any iPhone or whatever. I, I've tended to take a more hybrid approach in that documents or material that I know. You bank stuff up onto floppy disks. Need access now. I'm I'm backing it up onto a home server. Why? Um, 
because when I put in that a couple of years ago, that was the logical choice for me to make. Um, and Dropbox, it was about um, relatively costly to put in a, a hundred gigabyte account for me to back up all my data. And I have something like a terabyte of data by the time I think of all the photos, the videos and the music sitting on my home server. So I might as well use it for documents as well. And um, when there are documents that I want to access, I have been putting them into Dropbox and a couple of other destinations and working on them. And they then tend to get taken out again when I finish with them and archived off somewhere. I think that pattern of working may change for me now, though. Good. Because I think that's so, all. So how, well, how, yeah, so how, what, if you're going to change to a more cloud-based approach, why and how would you choose? Because I think I'm interested in what you guys are using. But I'm, I'm really more interested in why you've chosen to use. So you and with, I think you'd sort of use sort of some of the earlier services that come out and then sort of saying inertia. So, Rafe, is it the same? I mean, at the moment, you're not very cloud heavy, are you? So what would you, if you were going to do away with your home server and use cloud storage, first of all, would you? And second, what would be the factors you'd consider when you were finding somewhere to put that terabyte of data? I think I'd probably still Terrible, stay with, not a the, lot either. with the hybrid solution because there's an issue with copying data up onto the cloud. And you live? I live in a rural area and I've got sort of two megs up on broadband, which is pretty quick. Can you stand living there? <laughs> I love, I love the, because there are some fringe benefits here and that I, I are related the to the speed to, of the broadband I, I, 60 meg down and 20 meg up I upgraded my uh, my fibre at home this week I've got, I did as well I've got 80 meg down and 30 well, meg maybe up. I've got 80 as well, oh, yeah, okay, well it's alright some of us don't have that choice um, well, this and is it's lots also accessing it but, but on the plus side Rafe does have an, an almost unending supply of root vegetables to hand and birds to sing in the background of the podcast. So, you know, there are real benefits to living real in a rural benefits. area. So that is one reason I haven't gone cloud. Um, the same actually applies to having data on the devices. Getting stuff off the cloud can be a problem if you don't live in a 3G area. Um, it's less of an issue than it used to be, I think. Um, the other thing is, uh, as I say, it, until recently, it's been relatively expensive to put large amounts of data into the cloud. Now, that's getting better. If I were to switch... I would look at something like possibly SugarSync because it provides excellent cross-platform support. The same can be said of Dropbox. Um, but I think another the issue is to tie into an ecosystem, and this is starting to happen more now that the big players are launching their solutions. So if you use Google Drive, it makes sense to use it on an Android device because you get the best possible experience. And equally well for Microsoft, it's SkyDrive, and for Apple, you know, you have the their cloud solution mm. as well. Not quite as advanced as the other two, I feel, at the moment. Although the content bit, iCloud, excellent. Yes, but the, the matching services aren't quite there yeah, yet. Yeah. And, you know, there's no web editing of, uh, of apps. That will, that will come in time. So uh, I think I would probably end up going SkyDrive. Um, the reason at the moment I might not is because the performance on that is very poor, particularly with upload speeds, regardless of how fast or slow your broadband is. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what I use. Um, I'm a very heavy Dropbox user as well. Um, and from, uh, again, I'm, I'm lucky, Rafe. I, I mostly work in fairly high-speed connectivity, so that stuff uploads and downloads. Although, actually, I, do f I don't know whether it's the Dropbox client, but I do find that the running the client in the background and the synchronization, especially when you turn it on, it has to do a big sync, can really bog everything down, and that mm. is an annoyance. Very CPU-heavy. Uh, uh, very CPU-heavy, which is an annoyance because it doesn't feel like a task that should demand a lot of resources. Well, because it's encrypting it, isn't it? Well, I, even so, I, I don't feel like a synchronization task should be something that should you know jump up and chew all the resources. Even you know, It's not 
a high priority. It should sort of just be ticking away in the background. Mm. Um, so I do I do use Dropbox, although I, I've got a 50 gig Dropbox account, although I'm only using five or six gig. I used to have tons tons of stuff in there. But another thing that we didn't discuss was that um, because well, nearly all of the cloud solutions I use have some degree of caching locally. Yeah. So I use Evernote as well, but Evernote has a store that synchronizes locally. The Dropbox doesn't access things directly into the cloud. It copies them down to your local machine. And I've got a couple of laptops and things that have small hard disks in them. Yeah. And so when I stuffed my 50 gig Dropbox account full, it just completely filled up. Oh, you were up. doing it wrong. It completely you filled Selective sync, man. But this was back in the day before selective sync. Uh, okay. Then what I did... I had uh, two accounts. I had a drop, uh, one for the MacBook Air and one for the... That's uh, a totally suboptimal solution. I mean, I have about five or six gigabytes in my, my Dropbox and that's on every device I have an accessible. When I started doing what Ewan did, I started dividing it all up and it was just too much of a pain. And then I realized that actually I didn't need all of that stuff available all the time. It was convenient. It was kind of a peace of mind. But but I stripped it all out, and now I've actually just got the stuff I'm really actually working on. And when I when I really was, um, kind of you know quite quite made some conscious decisions, it turned out that actually I only needed five or six gigs of stuff right now. We haven't talked about the other elephant in this industry, which is of course Amazon. Are you any of you using Amazon? Uh, I'm using Amazon without being aware of it because quite a lot of these companies are actually using S3 uh, on the back end. Very good. I think Dropbox is Amazon, isn't it? Uh, Dropbox is Amazon, yep. yeah. yeah. But are any of you using Amazon directly? I have an account on S3 because I wanted to play with the technologies and there's a certain amount of data. It's not something I regularly use, but I have got a copy of stuff. So our there. wedding video, right, the original source for the wedding video is on at the Amazon cloud. I, I've bought the, an Amazon S3 account. Well, I have an, I have an S3 account. And what I did is use Jungle Disk, which Amazon went and bought, uh, which is a nice front end. Actually, for... Rackspace bought them. Oh, was it? Oh, so yeah. I thought, of course it was, yeah. 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 So you're absolutely right. Um, no, thank you. I'm pleased you're here. So, uh, But the, the Jungle Disk was a, a front end solution. Or I mean, Jungle, Jungle Disk still works with Amazon. It just, totally, yeah. They just added in Rackspace. That's right. So of course you're right. Because yeah. I, I used to use, um, I, like Rafe, I used to have a sort of a home server. Actually, mine was a, a Mac Mini that used to sit there and it, it backed everything up, hundreds and hundreds of gig. To um, to S three for 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 ages, um, and eventually the server died, and I just killed off the backup because it was. You I still I, got the data there. No, I, I, I've killed I've killed you it off the whole thing. Right. Well, basically because because it was it was a backup of a device that yeah. I would had to move the the data off. But I, I I used but again I used it via Jungle Disk because you you trying to use Amazon directly is a is, it's a really a developer environment, yeah. isn't it? Rather than actually an end user. It's a beautiful front end. So that's where I've put a lot of the important right. stuff. I mean, I have a web server where I've installed a kind of an open source version of Dropbox, and I use that as well. Uh, it just doesn't have quite as many third-party tie-ins for using on mobile devices, for example. But there, I've got quite a lot of data just, just sitting on that. So the, the reason the home server exists is just the sheer amount of data sitting on it, about a terabyte, is not practical to, to put else, elsewhere. Actually, the way I access files that aren't in the six gigabytes of kind of most important stuff is the you know, access anywhere type applications. There's um, log you know, me in. Uh, log me in. Uh, it's actually now built into SkyDrive. It's kind of the access any file you like that's sitting on your home computer. Mm. And there's kind of the argument you leave your home computer on all the time now for that exact reason. Yeah. I think that's becoming more common. Uh, and that's a quasi cloud solution because effectively you're turning your 
PC into a cloud that you can access from anywhere. True, although I might I nearly exclusively work off laptops, so it's not practical to leave them turned yeah, on all the time because by by nature I'm often carrying one of them around with me or whatever. But I, I was just thinking where you were talking about the kind of again why had I chosen what I'd chosen and Dropbox I chose because I got first. it first. I got it. Yeah, definitely it was first, and actually now the platform it's it's maturing as well. So yeah. the reliability, a lot of the reliability and the kind of usability issues have knocked off. But I I definitely am like you. You're nervous about the security piece which is why I've cut right back on what I put into it and I only my, my my test is I'd only put something in Dropbox that I'd happy to email around i.e. something I'm happy to send out on the public internet to, to people there's a there's a degree of risk around you know could, could it get intercepted could somebody else's email client be left open those kinds of things so useful documents but if it's anything anything really sensitive I don't I won't, don't like, what do you mean? Like, so uh, we scanned uh, Archie and Friendly, my son's uh, birth certificates, yeah. and just stuck them up on the Dropbox. I guess it depends. You know, that's wrong. Well, I don't know because I don't know how sensitive birth certificates are. Because for me, I think that they are. So ma- what, what what is sensitive then? Well, they're, they're pretty uh, important bank statements. Well, okay, but so the, the thing I say, that a birth certificate, I think, is a public document. So I could go Good to point. the public yeah, record fine. office and get your son's birth yeah. certificate if I needed it. Anyway, so. Yeah, can I, I don't oh, think absolutely. I don't think you need to be, but like insurance documents. Or something well, like? I, I'm thinking something for a customer, something where if even if it's not important data, but if 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 somebody went to my customer with a document that belonged to them and said, "I managed to, to nick this off Ben," you know, they would be really cross, and and so for me that's sensitive because it would it would damage my relationship with them. So I only put I only keep in kind of working documents and the kind of the things I would write in my notepad that I could have just as easily left on the train or something like that um but it's interesting you talk about personal documents because no I don't put bank stuff I don't put personal records and things but actually I do put that stuff into Evernote I scan every bit of important correspondence through a scanner and I stick it in Evernote and you know I mean insurance bank the works now and I'm trying to sort of rationalize why why I do that because in some respects Evernote are no more kind of trustworthy or reliable than Dropbox you know they're just mm. an, another US based company out there but maybe because Evernote's been around longer and you know they kind of specialize in 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 storing documents and information rather than just synchronizing data around uh, you know, kind of maybe I think they're better at it. And I suppose the other thing is that they're not aware of them. <laughs> I suppose this is the danger of this conversation. I'm not aware of them having had any publicized security breaches. I get the right. impression that architecturally they are designed in order for sort of availability. They do, uh, well, and it's, Phil, not, it's not a file store, is it? It's not a file store, but also yeah. Phil Libin, who is their CEO, has this thing about uh, they want to be a 100-year company. They want to be a long-term store for people's documents and information mm. so they see they see the longevity reliability piece as a feature whereas dropbox is is more just a, a kind of service you know and yeah it's kind of ephemeral data storage versus for your life that's that's how the uh, that's how the grown-ups would probably describe it yeah so i'm trying to rationalize that but i, I do tr- and I, I do trust them and that's where i put my sensitive stuff but i think with all of these i get frustrated quite frequently which is i'm i'm nearly always stood in an airport trying to look up my boarding my, my reference number for yeah. my flight or um you know the locate the address of the hotel that i've forgotten to print out or something like that and that will always be the time that these cloud services let me down you know you the wi-fi is dodgy you can't log on log in or evernote decide i mean this is classic recently i don't know why but evernote seems to want to to resync all of the data on 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 my account and so it kind of won't allow you access to the data and 
You know, I mean, I literally found myself in an in a, in a in an overseas airport once using the mobile web version of Evernote to go into my account over 3G to look up some important data because you know the clients were all balked and the Wi-Fi was no good. And I was thinking, you know, it's it's not a panacea, is it? You know, kind of using these cloud services. No, no you do have to be organised. You want to make sure you get the local storage sorted on, you know, for your important stuff. Yeah, but also I get very sensitive now. I don't update. I don't update the applications when I know I'm going to be traveling because, you know, you, you, you just run out the house and it says, hey, there's a new version of your favorite cloud app available. I go, yes, okay, I'll have the latest one. And then it says, I'm going to need to resync all the data now. Five pound a meg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, particularly with mobile, I think you do need the hybrid approach. And to be fair, most of these clients do take uh, that as a thing. But, you know, mobile devices are getting to the point where they're having a finite amount of storage and even the sort of the 64 gigabyte iPhone, that's not going to be enough data to carry everything you want around with them. So I do think there's scope for more intelligence on what gets synced back to your device. Um, I'm not sure at the moment there is very much of that at the moment. The, the most you get is some kind of temporal guideline. Do you remember uh, Zumo Drive? Mm-hmm. Zumo Drive, I think it was acquired by Motorola. I, I loved it. Uh, was and still I'm a, a very big fan of it. And what Zumo Drive would do is you put all your data up. It had a client, but you put all your data up into Zuma Drive. And then on your, your mobile device and on your laptop or any other device, you could, you could choose, by default, it would just show you the file structure. And the files would appear. They, they were like three bytes each. Um, so if you had a terabyte on Zuma Drive, then you, you could actually have access to all the full terabyte on your laptop without using up a full terabyte. And whenever you wanted the information, it would it would actually you know, it would pull it down in real time, um, or you could actually say, "No, this folder I want downloaded properly." But that that gave you access to all of your data without having to have it yeah, physically I mean, stored on a device. SugarSync take a pretty good approach on that selective sync. I mean, it's not mm. restricted to just one folder. You can choose which folders outside the SugarSync folder sync as well. So you know that's that's something that I do like. Um, I mean, the one thing we should address here perhaps is. So wider security concerns, do you trust Google, Dropbox, Microsoft, or whoever with your data? Because I think for a lot of people, a lot of consumers, there's that kind of friction against uploading into somewhere they see as an other place versus sitting on a thing that they can touch physically. I mean, I think that is overdone. Well, mm. I, I did want to talk about privacy policies because there's, to me, it's, there seems to be two problems. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head with one of them, Rafe, which is, as soon as you upload something to a third-party service, there has to be some agreement between you and that service around who's responsible for what. And the problem is that, I mean, I, again, I've been reading some of the third-party coverage about, you know, Live Drive, Google Drive, Dropbox, SugarSync, and you know, the privacy policies, and they all they all use legalese language, which isn't easy to understand. And when you read it, requires well, appears to give, you know, a huge amount of access, which is then sort of caveated with, but we won't do anything too naughty. And the trouble is, in a legal document, the rights to copy your data around the data centre and keep it secure and analyse it to see if there's going to be enough space for it next week looks a lot like, can I look inside your document and use it to advertise to you? So, you know, I I kind of... A lot of people have been criticising Google and saying, you know, uh, for example, the Google Drive... um, Privacy right. policy gives them the right to sort of do what they like with the data, but I, the reality is it, they are not going to do that, and they don't really mean that in the legal language. But any consumer reading that is going to go, "Oh, they can copy it, they can read it, they can sell it." 
um, that's not what I want, and they'll put them off. Well, exactly, and I think that because because the privacy piece has been in the news so much, it causes a bad impression. But mm. the other option, of course, is that you have privacy policies that stretch for miles. I forget who it was now. There was there was a, a piece recently where um, the the the, uh, the license agreement on a piece of software was longer than a longer than a popular novel. I mean, it was literally hundreds of thousands of pages. Right. Um, and I, I, forget, I wish I could remember who it was and which company, but suffice it to say that the point being made by all the people who were tweeting about it was you can't, you, you literally practically cannot read, digest and agree to this as a consumer, but t- to describe in depth what will and won't be happening to this data in a, in a way that actually is kind of legally meaningful potentially needs that amount of data. Can I ask you just a question here? Do you use strong passwords for your data? Well, of course. One, I, it's all very well saying, well, of course, I wonder how many listeners here can look us on the face and say, yeah, I use a strong password and not, you know, Mickey Mouse 1. How did you show my password? <laughs> <laughs> because that's the, the, other, the other thing here is it's all very you well. You have responsibility these guys. on both sides. Yeah, if, you, if you, you're buying box, you're buying Dropbox because you think it's secure, and then you come along and use, you know, Zippo 98 or something stupid. But, but I think in that, in that case... The, the, actually, that's one of the cases where it's easiest to see who the responsibility is. Because if somebody if somebody can log into your account with a full set of credentials that they know, then one of two things has happened: either the credentials store, the authentication store, has been breached in in the yes. provider, uh, in which case it should be happening to lots of people, or you personally have leaked your details. By or a malware has got on your machine. And got, yeah. that, that does bring up an important point about cloud: is that there are more points of failure. And so there is, in a sense, more risk. But um, so it is acceptable for people to say there's more risk on cloud, but there's, not there's, just because it's physically somewhere different than there's privacy there's theoretically policies. more risk on an Android phone where you go and download a, a screensaver app that gives you free screensavers and actually accesses absolutely everything you're doing and then accesses your Dropbox via your Android app or your Google Drive, but, and then that's how people are getting your bank That comes details. full circle to what Ben was talking about in terms of the experience uh, and it is about trust. And yes, I think the Android devices are probably inherently more insecure. I mean, there are some that are completely open when you open them, and some device manufacturers are much better about closing that thing up. Um, and that that's a legitimate concern, I think. But I, I think the the security piece again is a kind of a, can be a bit of a distraction, really, because it needs to be it needs to be secure. But most of these companies will have had independent audits and independent inspections exactly, yeah. in in purely technical terms i think microsoft dropbox google all these people will have you know good encryption managed well good keys and, and i know yeah, some they of just the wouldn't early, exist now if some, of, didn't. some of the early ones wouldn't have done but certainly the big players will do and that's never really my concern my concern is more about when i put my data in there what do i give them permission to do with it or will it be there next week when i need it have mm. they got the rights just to shut my account down could they could dropbox get bought by Whoever. What, what happens Facebook. when something goes wrong with your credit card payment and not because you want to stop paying you forget to put in the new details when you get a new credit card for example yes or if they is my data going to stuck around for a month or two months yeah or indeed just what happens what when something goes wrong so my super secret document shows up on the internet and i'm embarrassed by it you know that picture of me on holiday a few years ago with the you know the bad shirt and the dodgy tan that was shocking i know shocking uh, so that shows up on the internet how do I then have a relationship with the uh, with anyone, frankly? But how do I then have a relationship with um, the the provider to sort it out? Because 
one of the things that worries me is that I, who do I ring? You know, what is Google's phone number in an emergency? Oh, you don't have that. Basically, that's a sad reality, right? Well, that is not sad. That's just it. That's reality. Well, particularly, you don't get that. particularly for consumers, where the service level does tend to be a lot lower, and people have an expectation of free in many cases. And it's for Google. It's only when you're moving up to the paid services that you start getting some kind of support promise, and then it tends to be via email and. In three business days, it's not going to be enough in most cases. Well, and, and, that, and people aren't willing, particularly consumers, aren't willing to pay upfront in case something might happen in the future. Businesses generally are because they understand service level agreements. So that's a danger is for your, consumers. Um, is your Gmail backed up? Uh, no, it's not. No, mine's not either. And so how would you be, gents, if I said, I'm sorry, your Gmail's not available anymore? I'd be pretty, pretty irritated. Now, would you be irritated or is that business critical to you? I think I, I would you feel like you've met, lost something I would I would feel I've lost something it's not critical as in terminal but I mean if I think you know there are it, service I think is it backupify I think I've got that mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure at one o'clock in the morning at some point I heard of this service I thought oh I need that next next, next. paid to 59 quid or, or whatever it was and, and gave all of your most sensitive data to a company that you'd never yes, yes exactly. to, a, to a startup <laughs> I should point yeah to an actually to a complete startup from nowhere who then accessed my Gmail and copied it onto their servers and backed it up apparently I don't even I need to go and check uh, if it's it, still it's a good it. example though if Google offered I can download all your Gmail in a backup file so you've got it stored on your own hard disk I'd actually be willing to pay money for well you that. can do that by using uh, uh, Outlook right Yes, yes, you can do that. But Yourself. you know, I'm I'm thinking about an easy to download one file, you know, really. Or, or what if Google said, look, up. for a fee, uh, an extra fee, we'll stick it all on Amazon. Yeah. Or just I mean, a, a backup every every week uh, on Amazon. As it happens, I I suspect uh Google's backup policy for things like Gmail is far better than anything I could come up with personally. Um and ultimately at the end of the day I go, it's a risk I'm willing to accept. So in the future then, when when a new so I'm thinking about path. I've got a real issue with path. Yeah, this but, is the social networking yeah, I, and software. I, and in the the security infosec mini series we did, I mentioned it, but I'm going to labour it again. Uh, go and listen to the the mini series, by the way. Um, they they started. They gave a you know a relatively pleasant, well styled experience, and then there was a security issue where they uploaded data that they weren't supposed to, and they stored it on the servers, and that irritated me to begin with. But then I wanted to close my account because I wasn't happy with what had happened. So I sent, a, a, but there was no account, account closing process. And they hadn't built it. I hadn't built it. So I sent a support request. And it took a month for a response. And that response was, we've changed our application and we're not uploading that data anymore. Yeah, so you're Sorry. fine now. Yeah, yeah, you're fine now. And they said, no, 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 I still want to close my account. Nothing. Another month went past and they said, we deactivated your account. And I said, what does that mean? And they said, well, you can reactivate it any time. I said, but that means you've still got my data. Delete my account. Yeah. Another month went past. Three mm. months and multiple emails from support people all giving responses to... So, if, so when I said, no, definitely delete my account, I ultimately got two responses from two different support people trying to do it. So no coordination on their, their part. And it ultimately took three months for my personal data to, to be deleted. And all the while a good portion of that, including my contacts, was sat on a server somewhere in the US. I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I, I believe that certainly in terms of UK law, 
or European law that some some laws were probably breached because they were the data was moved out the data was stored was moved yeah, out, of, right. out of Europe into North America and they're not a safe harbor uh, not signed up with safe harbor or any of the other things that would normally be required in order to move data around like that now I mean ultimately there's probably something in terms and conditions when you when you agreed to it Here, here's a problem well, then but, you, but, but, you're but, not paying for that well no I'm, I'm not I'm not paying for that and that that's exactly I yeah. kind of feel a bit stung by that was now um, would you have paid ten pounds to have got access to a, a customer support person immediately? Who would then have deleted your account? I, I'm, I might have done, but actually, I feel a bit stung because the, the flippant answer is to say, when when the service is free, you are the customer. I go, oh yeah, I get it, and you know, I do understand that. You know, in mm. that in that case, they were trying to acquire customers, but the point is that you can't buy access to social networks. There's no pay to play social networks worth large enough to worth joining i mean feel free to correct me if yeah. I'm, I'm wrong here so yeah, you can't upgrade either yeah because well, I mean, no, of network effects there never will be and yeah. exactly and in dropbox for example i am a paying dropbox customer yeah but there's only two tiers of paying dropbox customer apart from enterprise yeah. and none of those include better quality of service um likewise for google apps as, as rafe was, was just right you know um i have google apps so i think the one i have is free i could upgrade and i could pay but I'm still talking about service in, in multiple days. So in some respects, I think what people are getting is the kind of what's convenient to be offered as a product, not actually what they want. Yeah, see, a, a while ago, my backup for my email was to actually copy everything to a premium Yahoo account. So every, my main one was Gmail, but I actually had the email copied uh, immediately to Yahoo account until I logged in one day to the Yahoo account Saw there were three hundred thousand emails, and their interface couldn't cope with it. And that was I was very annoyed at that point. I, mean, I simply couldn't view my email. Yeah, well, I mean that's just Yahoo for you. I'm surprised. I'm sort of delighted to hear they're still in business. Actually, well, I need I need to, I need to think of, to admit you're using Yahoo as your backup for email. This was uh, I should point out this a little while ago, but you know this is a. I was looking for something proper, and the more that this conversation is going on, I'm thinking right. I really need to do something about my personal email, mm. which I, I've got ten years worth of mail that actually is not backed up and is not really a, um, I need to sort out the password there because it's, it's semi-strong. It's not a proper password on that one. You know, and there's quite a lot of things I need to fix. Okay, so we talked for a little while. It's going to be a lot to think. We were a lot to think, think about. about. But quick final wrap-up questions. Most valuable cloud service, thing you most want from cloud in the future? Um, oh, you and McLeod. Right, most valuable. I, do you know what you have? This conversation really forced me to take a, a different look at my strategy. I don't think I should be using Dropbox. I do love it, um, and you know, kudos to the guys there. But I think I, I wonder. I think I've lost confidence in them. He says. So actually, I, I I'm not going to answer your questions because I think I'm more worried now, having had this conversation, thinking my data management policy is rubbish. Okay, so just quickly though, you're talking, you you've got some concerns with current providers. What when you're finding a replacement, what will you, what will you look for? Uh, I, th- I think I'd like you know a, a top of the range, sir. I'd like someone to come along and say this is best practice, this is ultra best practice, and we are it for personal data management. Rafe Blanford. I think my, my my top to probably has to be Gmail just because it's the one I'm in every single day. Um, when it comes to cloud documents, uh, the one I found most useful has again been Dropbox. I think that will switch 
the SkyDrive simply because it's better integrated with the platforms and the devices I use now. Would you be a, pay, a paying SkyDrive customer? I, I already am a paying SkyDrive right. customer. What do you want for bought? I, I paid for the, I can't remember, I think it's the 50 gigabytes a right. year version um, just so I could have as much space as I wanted, no concerns. And I also thought I'm probably going to get better service. Whether I would or not r- remains to be seen. In terms of what I'd like to see uh, cloud next, it's what I mentioned earlier, more intelligence on doing the hybrid stuff, particularly with regard to mobile devices, uh, because there's always get the, the, the problem with cloud is it requires a connection and that will always be a bottleneck because either you'll be creating more data or there's the potential to go faster. And so I think intelligence in hybrid cloud is there's a big possibility for advancement there. So right now I do use Dropbox and I'm going to carry on using Dropbox because I just use it as a transport mechanism. I think if if Dropbox went away or leaked my data, I wouldn't mind. What it's done is it's moved my notepad from computer A to computer B when I turn computer okay. B automatically. So I think there's a there's a value in that. But actually, it's almost I'm going to stop using Dropbox as a cloud service. It's just a transport mechanism between them. Um, I really like iCloud, and we haven't talked about it, yeah, uh, particularly. And again, it's very very tied into Apple. But the thing I really like about it actually is not photo stream so much, which is one of the things that got talked about a lot because I do worry what effect streaming all those photos up has on my my battery, even if it's over, only over yeah. Wi-Fi. But what I do like is the fact that iCloud isn't a file store; it's yes. a data store, yeah. and so. And I understand it's an absolute nightmare to develop for, but those that have developed for it have made great apps that synchronize live in real time across all those instances. And I, I really like that because, um, especially where it's tending to work with iPad applications, for example, that you know my iPad documents are able to go straight up into the cloud, and then I'm able to pick them back up on the computer in almost in real time and switch between them. Um, I really like that. But I certainly I think that what I'll be looking for is. Um, privacy policies as well in future that I can understand and companies that actually engage in the issue because I think a privacy policy in its own won't help me understand exactly what they're going to do. So I'm looking for some some sort of FAQ, some interaction. The fact that actually privacy, security, the way we run our company is a valid area of discussion where you actually get customer support on, not just on products. Yeah. I mean, I would just add to that. You mentioned iCloud being very tied to Apple. One thing I want to avoid is uh, clouds being too much tied to one ecosystem. And there's a danger as the big players come in that you have to use the clouds associated with their ecosystem. And it, they should be independent. Uh, Microsoft and Google are already doing that by providing iPad apps. But I'd like to see every player be available on everyone so that it's not a, the new version of lock-in. Yeah, it's definitely definitely an issue with, with iCloud. I mean, there are. Yeah, there's there no are, way you're going to get iCloud what, access on your Android phone. No, no, and and there is some integration for Windows, but again, I think it's sort of more limited. So yeah, so iTunes works, doesn't it? Sound, sound point. Grant, I'd, we'd really like to hear what kind of cloud services you use and what what um, what worries you, uh, particularly if, if any of the points we've made rung true, or are we we fussing needlessly? Uh, we'd really like some opinions. Uh, please leave a comment wherever you hear this, or use our whizzy new SoundCloud player to leave a comment in line during the conversation. How exciting! Very cool. I know. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. Bye bye. 